Fashion Insider with your host, Nako. Today we are talking pageant shows. Yes, pageant shows, you know, Miss World, Miss Asia, Miss all of that. Fascinating stuff always. And Lumen is fortunate enough and talented enough to have been a part of um, one of those pageant shows. So I was very excited to discuss this on air and um, hear about her experiences of the show. Um, I remember seeing her absolutely smash it you know um because it led to more things than just the pageant show itself it led to a lot of work beyond that after that where she was invited to speak at certain places and yeah i mean it really was uh, a propeller it was a huge stepping stone for her career um it was what led her to acting in many ways so yeah very interested to hear about how that all went so without further to do Let's tune in to the conversation with Lumen about pageant shows. I wanted to ask you about the pageant life because, oh. first of all, I didn't even know. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I didn't even know, like, you were doing that. And then I saw it and I was like, wow, that's pretty awesome. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, that's how funny. Did it so um basically i was <laughs> i mean i was still finishing up school um yeah. and i love traveling and you know i always try to make it a thing to like you know get out but at the time i was doing a work placement um you know back in calgary so this was after india um yeah. and i was signed on to a contract for six months um so i couldn't travel couldn't really take a vacation or anything during that time and it was just one of those, like, I, I feel like it was probably the universe, like, telling me something. Because, you know, as you know, like, be like even in India, I was always kind of behind the scenes. I was not, you know, like, on the runway or anything like that. I was working in media. And I was still yeah. pretty visible because I was interviewing. But it wasn't, I was never the main like, I guess, like, attraction, I guess, like, I was never, like, the star of the show, like, I was never like that, like, I was working, and I was working in marketing, um, and then I got this Instagram message randomly <laughs> from this beauty pageant, so the Miss Asia thing, and then they were like, hey, like, we thought you'd be a really great, um, like, strong competitor for this, um, and at that time I was like, st like just starting to dip into like print modeling and stuff. So I posted some of my work on Instagram. So that's probably why they like, you know, were even incentivized to like message me. But anyway, I, what at first when they messaged me, I was like, beauty pageant, that's so stupid. But then, <laughs> um, <laughs> the guy that I was, um, seeing at the time, uh, I think he really liked the idea of having like a pageant girl um you know on his arm so he really encouraged me to do it he was like oh I thought that would be a great opportunity for you um and whatever and I think yeah. um so I did it because I wasn't so like I said I wasn't traveling at the time I was stuck in Calgary doing an internship um yeah. and the guy I was seeing really like really encouraged me to do it and really supported me and I think like being Filipino I think this is probably the only stereotype that I've ever fulfilled 
<laughs> as a Filipino girl, as you know, they say we have the three B's in the Philippines. It's um, uh, what is it called? Bo- boxing, basketball, and beauty pageants. <laughs> so I hit All one right. of the three. Yeah, so I did that, and then um, yeah, from so I we I loved everything about the pageant actually like at first I thought you know there's there's such a stigma around beauty pageants especially because people are like oh um you know it's just a way for people to objectify women even more and you know all of this other stuff and um yeah but I think like when I actually got into it it was actually super empowering for me like we you know we were um involved in the community we were doing like volunteering Um, we, it was also about like building your confidence. So I had never really learned how to walk in high heels before pageantry. And then I actually really loved it. And then it was, um, so we did like the training, like the, the catwalk training. Um, we did like different photo shoots and stuff. So it really helped to, you know, embrace who I really am. Um, and it was, it was never like, oh, you have to be a certain weight. You have to be a certain height. You never, like, I never once worried about that. Um, it was more just about, okay, like, what do you, what do you want to really advocate for? What if you were to, you know, tell the world one thing, what would it be? And how would you make it better? And how could you really give back? So I think that was like, probably my most favorite thing other than the stage component, because I've always loved being on stage. Um, But yeah, so I did that. And um, shortly afterwards, it opened up a lot of opportunities for me. Um, I got signed to my mother agency in Calgary um, for, um, what was it, it? like acting. It was for um, pageantry. And then it was also for um, commercial modeling. So that was really exciting. And then as I kind of continued to explore, um, you know, the performing arts industry, I realized that I really, really love acting because I think like for me, and I don't know about you, but I think for me, like with acting, it feels very real. It feels very human. You know, you're not, I think with modeling, it's about, um, a lot of it is about beauty. It's about selling a product. Um, You know, I think in my opinion, beauty pageants are about leadership. Like, yes, there is that beauty component part of it. It is still, um, you know, about the way that you look um, in some aspects. But I think with beauty pageants, it's more about, you know, what you what your cause is, what you have to stand for, why you represent your region, whether it be Miss Asia, Miss Canada, whatever you want to do. Um, but I think, you know, like with when it comes to acting, I think it's really interesting because you get to play everything. You know what I mean? And you get all of you get these lines and then you can make it your own and you can really dig deep into your character. And, you know, like what I was saying before, you can justify their actions, even if they're really shitty actions, because I think that's what it means to be human. Right. It's like good and bad. And I think like with acting, it's like there are no good angles. Okay, (laughs) it's not like not like modeling where there's um where there's like all this i mean there's lighting and all of that and then there's post yeah that fix it in post meme i just thought about that but um there's no good angles when you're ugly crying during a really emotional scene you're very vulnerable and i think that's that was something new to me from pageantry and from modeling because you know, it was, it was, you were able to embrace that side of yourself and it show that you can be vulnerable and people still appreciate it because they feel understood. 
Um, but yeah, that was the whole pageantry thing. So that's kind of the, the roots that I took <laughs> was through beauty pageants. But honestly, like I would say, like I, I would um, definitely recommend it to um, young women um, to get involved in even just trying it at least once. Um, you know, again, there's that negative stigma around pageantry, but I think that once you actually get into it, a lot of it is about mindset because it is a competition. And honestly, even if you don't win anything, even if you don't even place, you're already a better person because of the preparation. Because Q&A, like, you need to be able to get up on a stage and be in front of an audience and really speak about what you believe in and what your opinion is. And what that requires is a lot of research. You need to be on top of your game and keep up with the news. Um, you know, physically and mentally, you need to be on top of your game. Um, you need to be able to communicate um, yourself effectively, have those communication skills because you only have five minutes which, with each judge. Um, and like, especially when you're doing media appearances, you need to be able to communicate how you feel without, um, you know, offending anybody on either side. So oh, I think it is a lot of, it is a lot of that too. But yeah, no, yeah. I definitely recommend it. I really loved my beauty pageant experience. Um, I don't know if there is any for me in the future, considering the fact that they're all virtual right now. But uh, oh, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll just, really we'll just see how it goes. <laughs> Yeah, now that sounds like it was like a really big stepping stone for you there. Um, I I yeah. don't I agree with you. I think that there can be like negative attitudes towards pageants, but then there's negative attitudes towards plumbing and everything. You know, you could be a builder and people are negative about that. So nothing yeah. new there. But I think the 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 beauty of being in a pageant is that a lot of people that do do pageants end up doing amazing humanitarian work. They they basically use yeah. their platform for good causes. And I, I don't know many of the platforms or, you know, competitions like that, that people that come out of it end up doing. Yeah, exactly. And I think like um, once you I think like a lot of the reason that girls do pageants, number one is, you know, to be a role model. But that doesn't necessarily mean you need a crown and sash to to be a role model. But I think a lot of girls get into pageantry is because it's to prove something to themselves. It's about yeah. their own self-esteem and about their own ego, right? Because it's like, to be honest with you, I've met a lot of really incredible, young, beautiful, intelligent young women through pageantry. And um, a, lot of, a lot of us pageant girls were actually bullied when we were younger. So I think more than anything, it's to prove something to ourselves that we can become something more than what we were born into. Right. It's really it's like in my case, you know, like being an immigrant kid, like being a first generation Canadian is hard. You get bullied a lot. Um, I didn't speak English very well. I had I was like super fob, um, you know, had the accent and everything. I wore glasses. Um, like what else? Like you name it. You name it. Like I was, I was definitely, you know, not like the, the person who I am now, like honestly like 14 year old me 15 year old me like even 17 year old me would not even could not even imagine that I would be doing what I'm doing today so I think that's yeah. where a lot of it comes from too is, and it does open up a lot of doors but yeah ultimately once you once you get out there and you have a name for yourself and you also are advocating for something in particular, it stays with you. And it's funny yeah. because my entire platform for Miss Asia was about representation 
for women of color in media and entertainment because that's what I knew. It's what I worked. Um, it's what I worked with when I was in India. It's what I I hosted a cultural fashion show on my student exchange. It's like always something that I've been passionate about. And you know, even though it's been over a year since I've done Miss Asia and I no longer hold the title. Um, yeah it's still something that I speak about to this day. It's, it's the reason that I'm on here on this podcast, right? Because you, you know, like you, you get invited to speak about your advocacy at a number of different events and it kind of just stays with you, which is awesome because if you really, if you pick a really good platform that you're truly passionate about and you really think you can make a change through it, it's going to stay with you forever, whether you're a pageant girl still or not. Yeah, and that's something very important, I think, for any young people listening out there who are at school and, you know, maybe don't feel so great about themselves, maybe are going through the glasses phase or the braces phase or whatever phase. <laughs> it's not going to be you forever. That's not who you are. And things change very quickly, um, as you've heard there from Lulu. But also um, in terms of me, like I used to wear glasses at school. You know, I was... I was, I've been through up and down weight sizes. I've been chubby. I've been skinny. I've been everything, you know, um, this was me at school, you know, and I, I didn't think I would genuinely go on to become a model. I didn't even want to be a model, to be honest. It wasn't something I chased. It came to me by, by luck, Mm -hmm. but either way, like, it's not something that I, I know that guys in my school or girls from my school probably find it weird that I am a model today. I'm sure if I met them, they, that was (laughs) then. Like, that's yeah. not how it would have been. Like, nobody would have said, oh, yeah, he'll be a model. It would have just been, he'll be a doctor or some bollocks, you know. It wouldn't have been that yeah. way. So it just goes to show that even with you or me or other people out there, like, you could literally be an outcast altogether, like, in the sense that you might be a first-generation immigrant like ourselves. Because, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm also the first of my family to be born here. Um, I'm assuming you're the first. Were you born in Canada? No, I was born in Manila. I was born in the Philippines. But I, oh. I moved to Canada when I was six um, and then kind of just like grew up there. But yeah, it was <laughs> honestly like my heart goes out to immigrant kids because it's uh, it's a unique there's there's like the people of color struggle. And then to add on to that, it's like the immigrant struggle because you're acting as a translator for your parents, um, you know, yeah. when you're first settling into a new country, um, you know, it's like your family might not have a lot of money, uh, which is the situation that I was in, you know, I wasn't well off, I wasn't born into wealth or anything like that. And I mm-hmm. think that um, it's really incredible to see what kind of impact you have, even by just participating in something that is seemingly so silly, and I say that in quotation marks, as a beauty pageant, um, how many people you can inspire to to be their best selves just by being who you are and sharing your own yeah. story and not being ashamed of your roots. Like I never, um, you know, I, I would never like put down like my hometown. Like I love, you know, being Filipino. I love being from Manila. I love growing up in Calgary. Like, you know what I mean? I had never, um, I never like put any of those you know places or any like or like my background down just because I am where I am today I don't try to hide it it's part of why I am the way that I am today so I mean I think it it was a really incredible experience I think um with beauty pageants um yeah and it's really great to just you know like have like a talent portion um 
you know, like show off like your skills and stuff. Um, and really, yeah, no, it was, it was a really great experience. I think everyone should do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Easier said than done. Um, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, was there, you know, with, with there being a lot of sort of beautiful people around, was there ever that sense of like competition or self-esteem issues? Did you ever feel like inferior at times or was was that never an issue? Uh, I definitely did. I think especially when you um, think about like beauty pageantry and do a little bit of research and do some digging on like previous winners um, and like other contestants and stuff who are already models um, or who are already in the performing arts industry it can be very, um, it can, it can be very um, intimidating. For me personally, my whole thing is because I'm pretty small. Um, I'm only 5'2", um, and I'm like 95 pounds. So I am not the tall model-esque, like, you know, six foot tall Amazonian, like beauty <laughs> that is gracing us on the runways. I'm very tiny. And I think like, for me, that was that was hard to um, get over because, you know, that it first of all, it has to do with like your stage presence. So if you're taller, naturally, you'll have a little bit more stage presence just because you're more seen. But I think that in a lot of ways, the things that we we perceive to be flaws about ourselves are actually our strengths. So when I stopped worrying about oh, you have to be a certain height to really win and really just focused on, um, you know, the walk and really focused on my speaking ability and really just focus on what I bring to the table as far as my personality goes and what I really genuinely want to give back to the world. That's where, and like really just started being myself and embracing my height. Um, that's yeah. when things really turned around for me because I find you're too worried about other people then it really just hinders your own performance, if you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. You can't, always yeah. Just, you can't compare yourself to, to other people. And it's not like I can just, you know, blink and just decide to be taller. You know what I mean? It's not something yeah. that I can change about myself. So it needs to be something that I embrace about myself and then use it as a strength. Because whether people realize it or not, like there's a market for everybody. 100%. And to somebody, we're always going to be inferior and it's, it's always going to be that way. And to some people, we're going to be always attractive. You know, whether you're tall, short, large, whatever whatever shape or size you are, you're always going to be ugly to someone and you're always going to be beautiful to someone. <laughs> um, yeah. it's, just, it's just how it goes. You know, I'd love to say it's, you're always going to be beautiful no matter what, but we know that's not true. That's not how the uh -huh. world works, unfortunately. So, yeah, it, it shouldn't really matter those things. But I do know that a lot of people struggle with that case of feeling inferior you know or you know getting yeah. intimidated by the people they're surrounded by this happens a lot with models as well where you know because obviously we're in close proximity to each other um be mm. it casting shows whatever backstage and so you know there's a lot of people that tend to feel that oh this person has this feature and i don't have that but mm. they don't realize that they have their own unique feature um and we, we are all very hypercritical of ourselves that's one thing i realized like everyone criticizes themselves in one way shape you know or form you know it's it's just so common but i think if we were all more focused on accepting ourselves for what we are and i think mm -hmm. if we all took the time out to sort of figure out 
what it is that makes us feel insecure you know because we all have those points whether we like to whether it's conscious or subconscious whether we admit it or not where there's certain things about ourselves that we don't like but i don't think many of us take the time to try and find acceptance within that or falling you know i'm not saying you've got to fall in love with your flaws as such but at least find a way of working with that whatever it is that is your inferiority whatever you feel a bit insecure about um mm. you shouldn't let that thought dominate your mind and i think a lot yeah. of people struggle with you know suppressing that feeling of inferiority right? and i think like um i think what people you know seem to overlook sometimes is that it can really be your brand like i was the i was the shortest and smallest out of all the girls at that beauty pageant but i think you know when you use it to your advantage even yeah it makes you more likable <laughs> because as soon as you accept that about yourself and you recognize it as a strength then people people will be on board you'd be surprised honestly i thought it would be like oh um you know it's like beauty pageants and stuff you have to be at least like five seven and all of that kind of stuff and it was not like that at all um yeah. so yeah you never know you just have to you just have to uh, embrace that part of yourself and yeah honestly make it your brand like look at people like ariana grande she's tiny and yeah. she's adorable and she's really cute and people really love you know being represented by a petite singer because there are a lot of you know small girls who are yeah. only ever looking at models who are six feet tall and over right so yeah. you know you never know you never know what can work for you yeah um i totally agree make it your brand own it just own own whatever it is that you're feeling inferior about that to- totally changes the game and it changes your confidence um completely and sometimes even something that's negative about you so say for example mm-hmm. you've got like a big nose like that's what you perceive it as right a big nose but mm-hmm. then you know if you openly just own that nose and you even brag about you know your beautiful big nose and you use those terms and just using that as an example um mm-hmm. you'll be surprised at how people accept that and it's it's yeah. worse when you try and sort of hide it or you try and be coy about it that's that's what makes it worse you know or yeah. if you're losing hair or whatever like if you try and hide it that kind of just makes it worse in a, in a weird way. Whereas if you just yeah. own it and be proud of it and stand tall, people will accept you. So it actually begins with yourself. You know, if you want to change other yeah. people's opinions of yourself and you're really concerned about that, which let's be honest, most of us are, even though we yeah. shouldn't be, it comes from you though. So if you begin to accept yourself and love yourself and own those things about you, you're going to be fine. It's those people that sort of hide away or not just even physical flaws, but say some say you've done even something wrong in life, like whatever, and you try and hide that. That's what makes mm-hmm. it worse. If you just accept, yeah, I did this once and whatever. People yeah. would just accept that. I'd be like, yeah, okay, cool. You've moved on from it. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. I think, yeah, especially when you're, when you make mistakes, it's important to take ownership of that, like what you were saying and like take accountability because people respect that. They don't respect you know being lied to they don't want you to cover anything up just be open and upfront about it you know yeah and as you said before that it makes you more relatable because believe it or not we all we've all been there we all have that insecurity we've all done something wrong so it's all about ownership and owning Mm -hmm. those moments or those features or those flaws and not only does it change what people think of you which is not the most important thing it'll change your own perspective of yourself so when i use that example about the big nose and you just you know love your nose for what it is um because it's not that big a deal for example having a bigger nose than say the average nose it's not a big deal at all and it actually looks good on so many people like different noses mm-hmm. can't believe we're speaking about noses here but different noses look great <laughs> on different people like it's no big deal having a different style of nose but I, it's just because i hear a lot of people complain about their nose they want nose jobs and all that 
um, mm-hmm. which many people go and get and, you know, good for them. But, you know, just, just in case you don't want to go and get surgery, um, it's completely fine. And if you own it and you accept that as part of you, believe me, more mm-hmm. people will find it attractive. Like it's not some, you know, mystical, the secret Rhonda Byrne type of crap that I'm talking about here. Like literally yeah. it's one of those things that if you accept, it will make a big change internally and externally. Exactly. And I think like on that note as well, like if you are, you know, thinking about getting a nose job or like altering yourself in some way, honestly, all respect to you. If you go with it, great. If you don't go with it, like honestly, nobody really cares just as long as you do it for yourself. That's the main thing, right? If you're doing it for other people, that's when you're getting a little bit lost. You know, don't get a nose job just because you think you need a nose job. It's like do it because if you if it genuinely makes you feel better about yourself and it boosts your confidence, okay, fine. Then do whatever you want. It's your body, but it's yeah. like don't do it because somebody made fun of you and told you you should get a nose job. Don't live for other people. Yeah, I totally agree. And let's be honest though, like when people, <laughs> majority of people that do go for surgery, I don't think deep down in the hearts they're doing it for themselves ever. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just literally read about this, like, an hour ago. Uh, it was not, it was yeah. it was on someone's story about them posting something. And they literally mm-hmm. just said that. It was, like, a, a meme of some kind. Um, but, yeah, I was, like, it's actually on point. Like, most of the time when we do things, I mean, technically, you could say you're still doing it for yourself, for other people. Like, it's, it's linked. But yeah. still, like, I think the majority of the time, let's be honest, you're doing it for other people. And yeah. you shouldn't need to. But it is how it goes. I mean, in our industry, acting, fashion... Um, entertainment in general that is just all too common those things are like that's not even getting your nose done is so normal that it's not even considered plastic surgery anymore like it's just whatever you had a nose job okay i had a coke for lunch or something you know it's no big deal like it's just normal (laughs) yeah exactly. that's how bad it is though like it literally is just that normal like that's not even it's like poop jobs these days like when i was a kid i used to think that was a big deal but like now like it's just so common yeah Oh man, so, um, this is a yeah. lot. I mean, I've never, I've never done any of that stuff, but I'm sure, that, I'm sure there's Me a good reason that people do it. Just <laughs> knuckles, just like, just a heads up, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see no rumors popping up. <laughs> but no, oh, man. It's I've always found it freaky and scary, like just the thought of it. I, I, I think you know what it is. I'm really glad that when I was younger, I, wa- I must have watched some absolute bonkers documentary it was some really some it was really crap but it scared me because it showed like some really bad plastic surgeries and i i think i was put oh, off for life no. you know i was i'd rather oh, have no. the floor yeah <laughs> i'd rather just be myself but that yeah. i mean that being said i think you know it's so easy it's so easy to say that if you're conventionally attractive and you meet all the industry standards like if you're already you know like what is the standard these days like 34 24 34 and like you know 5 8 and up then it's so easy to be happy about yourself but you know when yeah. that's why we're in this conversation right like when you're not meeting when you're not like meeting those industry standards and you are deviating from it it can be a little bit harder to to say that right because you know you say that right and then but it's like oh but you're a model so yeah right <laughs> so it's you're like weird. so easy to be happy that wasn't always yourself, a model but, you know exactly <laughs> maybe, maybe. 
Yeah, oh, I, I was chubby at one point. Like, if anyone needs to hear that, like, I was oh really chubby. Oh my god, I not even imagine that. Really? For a number of years, yeah. Like most of my teenage years, oh, like wow. the early part of my teenage years, I was a chubby kid. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, trust me. Like, there's some pictures out there like that exist of me that I don't. Like, you wouldn't <laughs> even think of me. You know. <laughs> Oh my um, god, you're gonna have to send me one one day. <laughs> <laughs> Just for my own purposes. <laughs> Just as we're talking about this. Could Not blackmail purposes at all. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh no, I might I might post it one day. Um but yeah, like, you know, I I get what you mean. Like it is easier for, for us to sit on our high horses and speak at the moment, but you know, yeah. It it is it is like I said. There's been times where like I was genuinely chubby and I never thought about liposuction or whatever. So like I don't know. I guess we're all built differently, so we can't have the same expectations. But try and avoid it if you can, guys. <laughs> Especially if you're young, like, you don't want to ruin yourself. Like it can really ruin you. And you know, I get it. It can empower you as well. I've seen it. I've 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 got friends that have had surgery and they have their confidence has gone up. Like. I'm not recommending surgery, yeah. but I, I don't want to just lie and say it's all bad because it's not. Like I've yeah. seen people have that little nose job or whatever, um, and their confidence has gone sky high, and they've their jobs have increased. And this is the sad part of the industry, I guess. But it does change. So like, you know, there is mm-hmm. a fine line between everything, you know. So like, I don't yeah. want to just talk about the negatives. There's pros to it, and at the end of the day, like you could also argue that if things are available and you know surgery is advanced and you know everything's advancing these days technology technology as well then why not take advantage of it you know um obviously like within moderation i would say i'm, I'm not recommending plastic surgery by the way i'm just i'm just <laughs> giving a for and against here um yeah but i just think that because i've seen like evidence like believe me like before i joined the fashion industry i had a closed mind on plastic surgery i was like no you've got to be sad and miserable and an idiot to do that and i still feel like 10% of that I think in some ways because I just think you should just love who you are naturally but you made a good point there like it's easy for maybe certain people to say that considering they maybe are you know they fit certain standards but um I had to word that very carefully there I, I was going to say something <laughs> <much different. laughs> um, <No filter. laughs> but like you know you know, there they, they can be positives to these things. So I, I definitely have a much more open mind towards surgery. But like I said, moderation, please lots of research as well. Like, you yes. don't think there's lots of botched jobs and cancer. Yeah, that can... If you really want to do it, get a good doctor. Don't cheap out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I've, I personally, in my private life, I never recommend it to anyone. But like I said, there's, there's been mm-hmm. pros to it. Um, but yeah, like, you know, when, when you do feel down and this might help people that are listening, actually, you know, when you do feel down about yourself or, you know, because everyone has those moments where they're a bit down or a bit, you know, feel a bit inferior, insecure. How do you come out of it? How do you come out of that little slump that we all have every now and then? Um, for me personally, I've tried to uh, focus on all the positive things I like about myself. 
Um, I do a lot of like gratitude journaling um, and yes, guided meditation um, as well. I think it really, I know I'm one of those, <laughs> but yeah, I definitely, I think it really helps me a lot and it helps me to have a more positive outlook. And I think that that being said, like when, as we're going back to rec representation in the media, I think one thing that really helps me as well is to look up, um, really successful people like even like celebrities or like you know public figures that you admire that look like you you know what I mean like I I had to go through this like whole like social media detoxing phase where I had to unfollow like all of the influencers that didn't look like me or that I just like didn't care about anymore would make me feel really shitty about myself or really crappy yeah. I should say oh my gosh am I not allowed to swear on this but um and I no, just no, started following people who looked like me right and just like started following like real people because sometimes especially when we're so you know in like the social media stuff is so ingrained into our daily lives we the more we see it the more we tend to normalize it right and that's why you get all of these girls wanting like um booty shots and things like that because that's that's what they see online um yeah. and i think that you know once you stop consuming that content you don't internalize it as much and then yeah. yeah i just that's that's kind of what i do or honestly i'll just go on pinterest and i'll look up like um you know like uh like I'll say like Filipino actress or something like that, just just to like have like some reference, right? Because I live in Canada, I all I see like a lot of like white actors all the time um, on yeah. television, and I you know like as an actor, um, try like you know like working, it's just like it's hard because it's like okay, like there's so many roles for um, white individuals and not enough for Asian individuals. And then when you start to think like that, it actually is like kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy because when you start thinking like that, then you start to act accordingly. And when yeah. you start changing your mindset and you start to say, no, actually there are a lot of roles for Asian actors. You just have to get out there and show them that you are what they need you know, don't yeah. don't go into an audition room and think like, I think this is what you need. No, like go in there and say, hey, here's what you need. I'm what you need. This character like can be Asian and just go in there, do your best. Um, and then you'll see the opportunity starting to open up for you because you'll start to change minds mm -hmm. instead of, you know, like navigating the industry in a way that it's like, oh, well, there are only so few roles for Asian actors. So I got to take the small co-star roles that I can get um and when you start mm. thinking like that then it starts to you start to realize it right it all starts within ourselves I think I know that sounds like super like <laughs> guided meditation podcasty <laughs> but um no, I really I really really believe it to be true yeah I think it's spot on there and I think one key thing there was I think this is something that a lot of people could practice because i know lots of people do feel crappy on social media but if you actually follow the right people and mm -hmm. people that maybe you can relate to that make you feel better about yourself then your social media is going to be lit you know you're going to have the perfect social media your explore page is going to be great and you're not going to be seeing stuff that constantly makes you feel inferior or different or like you're not wor worthy enough um mm -hmm. you know when like like you go on to pinterest and find you know actresses that look similar to you or or in general, you know, you're looking at people that are 
that you can relate to that's what everyone needs you know i think it's when you when you're constantly when you've constantly got people on your feed that you can't relate to that are in a different tax bracket to you um that are living a completely different life to you you get confused and the lines are blurred and then this is where so many things go wrong your mental health goes wrong your life goes wrong your relationships go wrong because you begin having these unrealistic unrealistic expectations um it's the same thing actually with relationships like when you're seeing all these little crappy pr setup bloody posed photo shoots that couples do you begin to think oh my relationship's not like that well do you know what relationships aren't like that their relationship is not like that either um but it's because oh, you're following man. these buffoons that you're beginning yeah. to believe that this is what love is this is what really no i do not film myself giving flowers to my girlfriend that shit you do privately you don't need to film that um in yeah. fact it's weird if you film it so don't think oh my boyfriend doesn't film that well yeah because he's normal um so you know <laughs> <laughs> but, honestly, i think that was a very good point that you made because you fought so many people follow the wrong people i've got one of my friends he always tells me about the, the problems in society and i'm like dude i get you like these people exist but you choose to follow these people that you're constantly complaining mm-hmm. about like don't follow them like I've, yeah. i i used to do that like years ago follow these people that i couldn't stand <laughs> and we all do it on some level like we all watch some of the stories that we just hate but you've got to stop that because after a while that becomes toxic and you literally just need people around you that that you can relate to or that you like maybe you can't relate to them but you like them or they give you a good vibe or they make you feel better about yourself yeah. you know there's no need to like challenge yourself to follow some jerk yeah exactly and don't feel bad about that too like clean out your social media feed because at the end of the day it's the energy you're consuming, right? Like it's all about you. It's about what makes you feel good. And if you, you know, and that being said, there's also, you know, some, some of us are just sick of the mindless, meaningless consumption. And that's also why I had to um, unfollow a bunch of influencers as well, because I see enough ads in a day. I, I don't oh. need to see another promotional post. Like I just, and it's just, I feel like I'm, but maybe it's different for other people, but for me, you know, I'm at that point in my life where I'm like, you know, I know what works for me, like everything from like beauty products to like household products to clothes, like you name it, like I know what works for me. So I'm just going to stick with that. I'm not going to buy something just because an influencer posted it on their feed or whatever, even if it's just for like brand awareness and stuff. Like yeah, I'm all, yeah. I'm already like, I already know what works for me, for my skin tone, for my skin type, like for my body shape, like everything. So I don't really, I didn't really, I I just like stopped feeling the need to follow them because I knew that they were always selling me something. Even when it was just, even when they put it creatively in a way where they're telling a story, it's like, you know what I mean? And I think a lot more people are becoming privy to this too, because it's like, you know, like people, like they just, they just don't want to follow like influencers and stuff anymore because they, it's just, they just always feel like they're being sold yeah yeah definitely it is i mean i don't mind people that are selective with what they choose to promote but sadly that those people are few and far like i think the vast majority just take whatever pays the best which is where it gets sad and plus them people though are like you said everyone's catching on to who's that who is that person who is that guy who is that girl because every second post is hashtag ad or it's just shoving something into your face there's nothing authentic about them there's no authentic you know their life is just not authentic and that's what worries me is that a lot of these some of these followed um some of these influences and i mean pure influences i'm not talking about models who 
promote stuff or actors who promote stuff because that's just how it is that's the world we live in but influencers in general like have these just pure influencers by the way know the job um they, they yeah. like, have like three four million followers and that's worrying because you have such a big audience and they're all being corrupted with the crap that you share and that i i can't stand but i really hope that people do click onto that and just unfollow like i'm not saying that i want yeah. these people to lose followers or whatever but i want a healthier society and that's what we need less of like people having these unrealistic expectations just in life in general like not just relationships or you know how about how they how they feel about the way they look but yeah. just there's so many unrealistic things that people believe in nowadays you know and it's just so bad um so yeah, yeah. i totally agree i think clearing up your your follow list is so important it goes underrated that it's, it's actually underrated um because yeah i think most of us i think everyone should right now go and check their settings and their usage of social media right and it's probably a few hours at least um whether that's per day or <laughs> like there's gonna be a lot to go through but yeah no <laughs> definitely and i think like that being said too like um there's there some some people are just some influencers especially they're just not going to take responsibility for what they're putting out there like if you look at someone like kim kardashian for example she had that whole scandal because she was promoting appetite suppressing lollipops to her followers and it's like mm -hmm. a lot there are a lot of girls in their teen years and young women who look up to somebody like kim kardashian and then for her to promote appetite suppressing lollipops like that is not going to be good for their self-image and you know yeah. like kim k like like she can honestly at the end of the day she can post whatever she wants on her instagram feed it's totally her platform and you know whatever yeah. and i understand like these influencers can make a decent living doing what they do but at the end yeah. of the day like it's not it doesn't it's it's not really up to her to take responsibility for what she posts out there right and I mean, yeah. we can try and hold her accountable, but at the end of the day, the power is in you to just give her the unfollow and say yeah. like, hey, this is actually not healthy. And unfortunately, um, especially for young people, they don't realize that they have that power yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, I think yeah. that's what is the sad part. And that's why they do try to keep, um, you know, influencers accountable for what they put out there because it, it is really harmful, especially when you have such a large platform like that. You have a lot of power to influence yeah. people and change their minds. Um, yeah. And that's just and that's just the beginning, like things like that are just the beginning. Then you get into, you know, politics and how social media affects elections and things like that. It can be very harmful and it can have very real effects on our community as a whole. Yeah exactly and and that's why you know considering we all spend so much time on social media um it's very important to make sure that your feed is full of people that are real and people that you know aren't just trying to sell you crap or give you misinformation or spread false news because there's there's a huge effect there's a follow-on effect to that because obviously you say you follow someone who believes in a flat flat earth then you're going to have about 20 other posts in your explore page that support that. And it's that confirmation bias that's happening, you know, where these days, I mean, you can prove any point. If you want to prove, I think the best argument is the vegan argument. If you want to prove that being vegan is better for you, you can prove that. And if you want to prove that eating meat is better for you, you can also prove that. doesn't mean one's better than the other, does it really? But, you know, there's, there's just so much information available out there that you can back up practically any point. 
this is same thing with the 2016 elections um but no what the point i'm trying to make is that you know you follow one negative person that's not good for you that there's a knock-on effect that there's 20 more people that you're going to see that preach pretty much the same crap one influencer will have about 20 more influencers on your your explore page so Mm -hmm. very important you know very important and underrated i'm actually glad we came onto that however we came onto it because it's something that (laughs) i speak about i speak about that in my private life like with a lot of people that i know be media literate as much as you can and take everything with a grain of salt even this podcast take everything we we say with a grain of salt you know think for yourself (laughs) yeah definitely to end i wanted to um talk about the film that you're doing so you know do you want to let the people know when the film's releasing what it's called um yeah yeah sure yeah yeah so yeah so um i am very privileged to be able to be part of a film called sophie's rules it's coming out in spring 2021 um and i think you guys will really enjoy it it's a, a story about a woman who runs a transitional shelter for people going through different things, um, you know, PTSD, homelessness, alcoholism, etc. And I play a character, her name is Amber. And she was actually a human trafficking victim. So um, I think you guys will really enjoy it. I think they it is such a meaningful story to tell. I'm very fortunate to be able to tell such a story because, you know, the, the story is, unfortunately, it's not unique. Um, it happens all around the world, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I think, I think you guys will really enjoy it. There's a lot of drama. There's a lot of, there's some comedic inserts um, as well. And yeah, I think you guys will really enjoy it. So definitely make sure to stay tuned for that. <laughs> And and you can also follow Luma and her Instagram link will be in the description. Stay tuned with her journey. Um, Luma, it's been great having you on. Um, great conversation. Lots of interesting topics. Um, yeah, as always. I did not expect anything different from you. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. We should we should definitely do this again. I'm sure the people will will want that and um, hope they enjoy it. But yeah, thank you yeah, for coming for on. Sure. Uh, it's been a pleasure thank you for having me this has been a real treat for me thank you so much and that brings us to the end of episode 11 wow how great was it to have lumen on it was brilliant great fun um lumen is someone that i can speak to for hours on end um so yeah i mean we even had to cut that conversation pretty short because we could have gone on and on and on And for that very reason, I'm sure uh, we will definitely have Lumen on again because it would be a crime not to um, because there's just so much to talk about. But yeah, um, really interesting to hear about her journey of the pageants, but also just how the self-care regime works for her because everyone's self-care regime is different. Some don't even have one. And mental health is so important. So it was. it's always an interesting conversation to have because I know lots of people want to hear that kind of thing. I get lots of messages about that. So yeah, I hope that there was something there for you and you, you guys took even a small, tiny leaf away from today's episode. Um, and if you do, it's always interesting to hear your feedback. So send us an email. The email address is in the description. And um, yeah, thank you to Lumen for joining us. I hope you enjoyed that. And uh, yeah, 
that's it for now. So, until next time, au revoir, ciao, goodbye.